after breakfast What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas It's weird brunch And I was like What you get for you see, It's all about this. your attitude while you're video drinking games. Yeah. yeah. good right. attitude while you're drinking You don't get a hangover Is that how it works? And God. if you like have a negative attitude mm. You know what? Mm-hmm. Truthfully I, th- I really believe that <laughs> Knowing and living with CJ, Negative yeah, attitude. that is fucking huh. real close to true. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why, like, my parents both drink like fucking fishes now and they're retired. And well, the living one, the other one died of alcoholism. So uh, <laughs> it doesn't always work out. But, uh, <laughs> but the they're always ones, in good moods. They're always in good moods and they never seem hungover. I swear to God, we'll party with mom and Spencer hard. And then the next morning she'll call me at like seven and be like, you left your jacket. I'm bringing it over. And I'll be like, how are you away? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tu padre was. Uh, he was severe. Triste. See. Mm. Triste means sad, right? I yeah. Pour one out for Jim. Um, Your floor, do what you want. No. <laughs> Pour one out into my mouth. Oh, because he wouldn't want the alcohol. That would still. be what yeah he probably <laughs> wanted yeah. Fucking <laughs> 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 should not be laughing that hard, oh, but God. it was good. Thank you. Oh. So what's up? <laughs> that we'll that wasn't the light pre-show out. banter. I mean, yet. it can be. No, I, half what? of it is. Well, yeah, that part can because I feel like that was a pretty good joke. <laughs> Honestly, mm. I'm hot. I feel like this is the first time I've been flushed in a while. Do you need like a? Do you feel alive for the first time? I feel alive. <laughs> Are you getting the vapors? Yes, need... and the vapors. I need a fainting area. Mm-hmm. From the vapors, like a cold know. compress or something. Mm-hmm. It's Do probably you have from one of those? breaking out that like see-through fur robe. Thank you. It's probably giving you all sorts of 1920s maladies, and you just need a fainting couch and a, and a cocktail. Do, that's one thing about buying that robe is you acquire tuberculosis <laughs> uh, upon like signing for like receiving the robe. They're it's like, all right, still, give me your blood. It's still infected with Spanish yeah. flu. Oh yeah. <laughs> Someone's um, getting smallpox, and it's me. <laughs> oh God! Well, that's you know probably possible in Austin now. Yeah, get those. Measles I got my vaccinations. It doesn't help you anymore. Really? Hmm. Well, because herd immunity, we need to keep the smallpox from getting strong enough to overcome the vaccine. That's how it works. Right. So we need to be infecting people so it stays the yes, same. So it stays weak. Which is why the flu gets stronger every year. Hmm. <gasps> Super flu. No, actually, the flu, flu mutates too much. So that's why we have to. Lisa's what? making a face. I'm clutching pearls over She's here. Like, what the fuck? Me. What? what? Uh, so the the vaccinations put it inside you? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a disabled think, version okay, yeah. of the so virus. A dead smallpox. I think I knew that. It's like a weak, weak version of smallpox. So now that it's back. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Jenny McCarthy. Right. Um, yeah. Do we need to get new ones? No, it's it's. <laughs> Go back to your pediatrician and tell them you need until it. unless it mutated to a stronger strain. No, it's more that like so when you vaccinate, you get like eighty percent good at never getting it. Mm-hmm. But when almost everybody vaccinates to eighty percent good, then nobody's uh-huh. going to get it, right? Mm-hmm. But 
if enough people don't vaccinate and it outbreaks, then that person, that 20% chance starts to multiply. And it's not like everybody's ever, nobody, right. Everybody wasn't going to get it even if we didn't vaccinate, but like the chances of getting it go up. I need a You're not going to get smallpox. Don't worry. Yeah. It's a math thing. And don't worry. It's only a problem if you're a kid anyway. Yep. It can't kill you unless you're older. You're right. I've had a good life. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let those other Sign ones live me out. I'm done. <laughs> I feel like that's a healthy way to feel at my age. Like I, I, I genuinely feel like, oh man, if a disease gets me, well, you know, I, I did all right. You did all right so far. You know. Oh, I've been saying that since 21, but I think part of that is depression. <laughs> well, it's definitely depression, <laughs> but now it's also true. Like yeah, a little bit. I mean, at sure. 21, that's a tragedy. At 41, that's a sad, just sad. It's not a tragedy anymore. They're like, by the time you hit 61, eh. it's like, oh, you oh, got you sick and died. It. Honestly, yeah. now if people die under like 90 years old, I'm like, oh, they still had so much to go. <laughs> Too young. Yeah, because uh, like, now. I don't. A lot of like 70 and 80 year olds now are like, I'm gonna go fucking bull riding mm-hmm. Wasn't for the problem? first time isn't that why none of the young bull riders can get jobs because the old ones won't retire the young bucks <laughs> i don't know anything about bull riding that's but i it. assume that's it right <laughs> you need to build a wall for those all 80 those, year olds all those We're taking fra- our jobs all those fragile ass hips on the back of bulls <laughs> they refuse to retire he's just too good he's just too there's good. no room for the the new kids sure new we got to throw the the saddle in. with the lumbar support on there but that dang old rodeo <laughs> speaking of uh classic country music yeah. welcome to weird brunch oh my goodness hello i'm lisa friedrich and i'm karina magyar and i am whitney lamond oh i'm glad we're still us yeah welcome so to that far still us damn old rodeo <laughs> now that's in God, my head I forever that that's so fucking it's good so good and garth brooks his catalog is not on Spotify, <gasps> which I, I mean, Spotify I assumed sucks. everybody knew. I'm just kidding. No. But um, that always bumps me out because Rodeo is such a great song. I check at least once a year. I can't believe like, nobody else is with me on this whole Google Play thing. I know even Google wants to cancel it, but it's cheaper and they have everything. I don't know why everybody uses Spotify. Does Google Play have Garth Brooks? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because Garth it up. owns all of his shit. And yeah. I don't think you can stream it anywhere. Well, let me see. Is Unless it on it's, Apple Music. I mean, I'm sure you could buy it individually. Yeah. yeah. But like stream it. I don't think you can stream any Garth Brooks. Um, you can if you. Oh, that's. Uh, you have to buy, if you it. buy it. Yeah, I've uploaded my own Garth Brooks collection. Of course, which you is why have. I can listen to it on Google Play. But yeah, I'm realizing it's not the whole catalog. Yep. Oh man, I have a lot of rope in the wind. <laughs> yeah you do wow that was a dirty laugh <laughs> speaking of dirt um in country damn whole road give us the dirt and country stuff this is the uh this is the, this is a sad true story of how uh, alfalfa from the our gang thing uh, the little rascals, little rascals how he died in 19... The original alpha. What? In 1959. Yep, there you go. Whoa, uh, he died in 1959? Mm-hmm. That's young. He, he was. He was in his... Jeepers. 30s, I think. Yeah, under 90. Yep. <laughs> Way under 90. <laughs> he had so much alpha to do. But back then, do. Uh, 30 is where it's more like your 50s. That's true. That's true. So. Oh, man, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
when you hear this story, he did sound like he had lived enough. Mm. Uh, he thought so too. He tried to kill himself when he was uh, in 1958. He was Child real broke. Actor. So here's the thing with the R Gang series, the Little Rascals. It was made for TV in the 1930s, right? And in the ni- TV was like internet at that time. Mm-hmm. They were like, <laughs> "Well, we don't know how to pay you. We'll just." <laughs> what was TV? <laughs> We're right. Then what do you it's know like what it was? Internet? Well, no, it's like mm-hmm. oh, okay. It's like the in internet. that. Remember when like so internet streaming rights and no, they had to have a writers yeah. guild strike because nobody they didn't know how to mm-hmm. get make paid. Money and Metallica. Get paid. Yeah, the people who owned the stuff knew how to make money off it, but they didn't have any contract saying they had to pay the people who made it, so right. they just didn't. Napster. And TV was like that, so they were contracted to make shorts for the movie theaters, but they all really played on TV, and that's what they. So they saw no residuals, no money from any oh, of the TV Oh, because the movie plays. theaters weren't mm-hmm. got They it. weren't kept showing them, but like they were running on reruns. Fucking Cinemark. <laughs> um, so anyway, he was dead broke. He saw no money from being super duper famous. His name, by the way, I should have mentioned that, was Carl. Alfredo. Switzer. Stitzer? Carl. Anyway, he, yeah, Switzer. Yeah. No, not Switzer. Yeah, yeah, Switzer. Sorry. Anyway, we'll call him Alfie. Um, So he's dead broke. He's earning a little bit of money, like showing up from time to time in bit parts as comic relief in movies. Like uh, that year he was in the Herbie Defiant Ones with Tony Curtis. So he's still showing up in some major Hollywood movies, but just in bit parts, just enough to get by. His main source of income was... Giving people wilderness tours of California, uh, specifically bear hunts. He would take people bear hunting. What the fuck? That kid was a nerd. He also got arrested for cutting down Christmas trees in Sequoia National Forest. I mean, that's just resourceful. But like a Sequoia, like a... I'll give you a hundred foot Christmas tree. You want a Christmas tree? I'll fucking show you. Uh, Did he he fix his hair though? He no, uh, yeah, it's still sticking up. It's still sticking up to this day in the grave. He was buried that way. Um, Keeps growing. Man, be real long now. All right, so it gets a little complicated here, but there was also a Western movie store named Crash Corrigan, Mm -hmm. um, and they were buds and. They had a mutual friend, TV cowboy, Roy Rogers. And they were kind of running in a crew. And it was Roy Rogers who hooked Alfie up, Alfalfa up with the bear hunting. Because like Roy Rogers, to make some money on the side, would like be a celebrity bear hunt guide. And Alfalfa was like the co-celebrity bear. Oh, we got Alfalfa too. Holy shit. And then they'd go out and they would kill bears. So this is like the original Pussy Posse. Uh, by the way, bears are now extinct in California. Thanks, Alfalfa. Mm, um, yeah, dick. kind of the original Pussy Posse, except so sad. Well, <laughs> the Pussy Posse is kind of sad. So Crash, I don't even know what that is. Crash it's, Corrigan also ran... It's a whole thing. Later. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> he can so get it. Toby Maguire, which is the weird one. That is the... Well, I He's don't know. He's sensitive. He's got muscles. He's not Spider-Man. <laughs> okay. And Venom. Oh, that's right. Wait, no, that's another guy. Mm-mm. Oh, no, that one. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shit. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. So, Crash Corrigan ran a little place called Corriganville, which mm. was kind of his version of 
Dolly Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a movie set and tourist attraction out of which the bear hunts were set in Simi Valley. So they'd start there. Um, but, you know, people come bear hunting are a little rough. So Crash Corgan hired a 30-year-old bodyguard by the name of oh, <laughs> Bud Stilts. Oh. Also, it's Dollywood. I just Dollywood. I was going to say you. Dollywood, Dollywood as well. Yeah, Dollywood. Sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. sorry. I'm so sorry. I would never besmirch the Dolly. Happy belated birthday. Yeah, and way to go on that viral Instagram post. So, Bud Stilts is the bodyguard for Corriganville. He, in the course of serving as a mechanic and a welder and making sure nobody acts up at the amusement park, Starts fucking Crash Corrigan's wife, Rita. Mm. And she leaves Crash for him. And so now Stilts is the stepfather of Tom Corrigan. 14-year-old Tom Corrigan who worships Alfalfa. Okay. So they're like peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. 30-something-year-old Alfalfa, 10-year-old Tom. They go out in the woods. They have a good old time. They don't, not gross, just like they go out okay. and have like Huck just, Finn antics. Yeah, yeah there's, you know, they're buds. Shit wouldn't fly after the 70s. Uh, this is the 50s, so the I shit know. was flying just fine. <laughs> shit was everywhere. Bud Stilts lent Alfalfa a dog for to bear hunt. A bloodhound. You need for to bear. <laughs> you need yourself a hound to mm-hmm. hunt down the bears. I'm trying mm-hmm. to get into the mentality of a woodsman in the 1950s who gives bear hunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that dog took after a bear mm-hmm. and never came back. Oh. And I'm sorry, but this accent is the only way I can tell the story. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Legends of the Fall, right? At the end of it. So Alfalfa had to chase that dog mm-hmm. up and hill, down and hill, till he could finally find it on a farm. That farmer's like, yeah, I'll give you your hound back. What's the reward? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know. There's no reward. And the farmer demands a $50 reward to give the dog back. 50 bucks? In 1950. It's a yeah. lot of money. So Alfalva's like, well, shit, I need a dog to bear hunt. Bear hunting's my income. I, I got to pay this $50. So he does that. But he's broke. So like $50 is a lot to him. There's probably a lot of booze money. money to it's me. like his whole rent. He loves drinking, so he, he's like, I can't get any more alcohol now. Fuck this dog. He loves drinking. <laughs> so he goes back to Bud Stilts and is like, hey, it's your dog. You should pay the $50 reward for the dog. <laughs> like, I'm going to give it back to you. And Bud's like, you no, lost you lost it. the dog. You yeah, pay the reward. This is some fucking court TV shit. Right? You're using the dog. Uh, don't come back here asking about no $50. So Alfalfa goes and he's sad and he gets drunk and he gets a friend named Piot. How old was Piot? Piot's in his 30s. He's 37 years old. He's a bit part stunt man and he's big. He's like, he's a stunt man slash like muscle guy. He's like, once upon a time in Hollywood. Got it. Hey, Jack, can you you help me get Bud Stilts to give me 50 bucks? for the reward for this dog and jack's like sure let's go so they get hammered and they go over to the cabin and they bang on the door and bud shows up and he's drunk too mm-hmm. and he opens and uh, he's like who is it and he goes it's a western union for bud stilts oh, like trying to geez, trick him to right. open the door so bud opens the door and he sees it's alfalfa and he immediately raises the 38 shotgun that he's got in his hand and of points course. it in his face and says i told you i ain't giving you no 50 bucks mm-hmm. and alfalfa says fuck you and wrestles the gun so they're like wrestling over this gun in the house 
Tom Corrigan, the 14-year-old boy, is witnessing all of this, like standing right there watching this shit happen, like his hero and his gross stepdad, mm-hmm. his mom cowering in the corner, this weird stunt man is in there, the gun, <laughs> he's just standing there scared and shit, over $50 in a dog, yeah. right? Um, in the course of the uh, tussle, uh, the gun goes off, mm-hmm. of course. Plaster yeah. falls off the wall. Alfalfa looks over and he doesn't see Tommy anymore. He's like, oh, shit, bud, we got to stop. You shot Tommy. Mm-hmm. Tommy just heard the gunshot and went around the corner. Mm-hmm. Alfalfa looks down and realizes that he is the one who got shot uh, in the dick. Just oh, shot straight in the oh, dick. Oh, no. <laughs> Hits the back wall. Oh. And slides down. It's you got funny, me in the packer. Yeah. <laughs> you got me in the it's, uh, it's a pretty good groin shot. Like, he's bleeding out. He, oh, no. As he's bleeding out, Reaches in his pocket and pulls out a, a switchblade pocket knife. Okay. Thinking he can What's like he recover and like fucking stab Bud or something. But instead. <laughs> I know you said Bud. It's but I, like, I said Bud. <laughs> I'm going to stab Bud. I'm going to stab some Bud. Instead, he dies in front of his 14-year-old friend's eyes. Oh, no. Um, then Jack Piot's like holy shit you killed my friend fuck you and goes after bud gun comes back they wrestle themselves into the kitchen um bud gets the upper hand points the gun right at jack piot's face and the only thing that keeps him from shooting him in the face is the fact that they hear police sirens at this point so the police come take a look at the scene see a dead I mean, alfalfa he already killed one guy wait yep. hold on i thought alfalfa killed himself no he tried to in 1958 um but he didn't oh. didn't ma- it didn't work yeah yeah it didn't take it didn't take so uh yeah anyway alfalfa's dead on the ground this other guy's like standing in the kitchen and bud's just like these two invaded my home and alfalfa came at me with that knife there i mean self-defense and the 14 year old kid's way too scared to say shit because mm-hmm. his drunk stepdad still got a rifle in his hand and has yeah. just shot someone in front and you of gotta him live there. with this guy so that was the story uh, from 1959 until 2001, is that Alfalfa <gasps> was killed Breaking in self-defense after attacking a man over fi- over $50. And then rumors started up that it was over a drug deal and that he had impersonated the FBI and that like it got worse and worse sure. and worse. So in 2001, Tommy Corrigan, who is now in his 50s and owns a bar on Thousand Oaks Boulevard and Steakhouse. Oh, mm. bitch. Yeah, he's doing pretty well for himself. Some steak. Uh, is tired of reading these rumors on the new internet thing that he just found out about, and he calls up the uh, the newspaper and he says, "Look, here's what really happened," and he tells the true story that like alfalfa was basically fucking murdered yeah over this dog over this dog yeah his stepdad dead his stepdad died in 1984 here's the most oh there's two pretty fucked up details of this uh one uh well there's three okay there was an lapd detective who interviewed corrigan knew the real story tried to get corrigan to testify but he didn't want to he was scared he was 14 sure and then he said, you know what? Okay, I will. I will testify against my own stepdad. The truth needs to be heard. My friend's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but the grand jury took a look at the evidence and dismissed the case. So it never went to trial. They just said, no, it was self-defense, clearly. Mm-hmm. So never, so he never got a chance to testify. And then that detective died. And so Tommy Corgan was the only one who knew it. He had a bearskin rug over the bar uh, at his Thousand Oaks Steakhouse. 
uh, that Alfalfa gave to him when he was 11. Um, cause he asked Alfalfa for a teddy bear for his birthday. Cause as you can imagine, he had a pretty fucked up home right. life. And Alfalfa was like his dad. And Alfalfa like, says, Here. I'm not going to give you a teddy bear. You too old for that. I'll give you a real bear. And he took a bear skin that was worth a ton of money yeah, of from course. one of his bear hunts and gave it to him. And every fucking Christmas until 1984, he got a Christmas card signed Alfie. From his stepdad, because he knew. He had no idea who was sending him Christmas cards from Alfalfa, but it stopped the year his stepdad died. Also, his stepdad was probably fucking hammered and every Christmas would remember that he killed Alfalfa and like sent his kid, his stepkid, a Christmas card from him. Either to fuck with him or to make him feel better. I think it's real, a feel better thing. Yeah. Real ambiguous. Because also that, I mean, he did murder him, but he like it was in a struggle, right? Yeah. There was a fight going a on. Drunken fugue. It sounds like manslaughter to me more than murder. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't have a weapon. They claimed that the knife in his hand, but the knife was still closed. That was another right. thing that, like, if it had gone to trial, that would have been a pretty important point. Like, how was he going to kill you with a closed knife? Right. You know, did he close it? Well, that was the thing. Bud said he closed it on his way down as he was dying. He was like, oh, my defense. <laughs> <laughs> Better put this away put carefully. It. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> so that's the story of Carl uh, Switzer, a.k.a. Alfalfa, getting himself shot uh, over a $50 yeah. reward for a bloodhound that he needed for bear hunting. Man, how has that not been made into a movie starring Tobey Maguire? <laughs> I mean, honestly, he'd be a good alfalfa. Oh, he'd be a good old alfalfa. Right? Yeah. Young alfalfa played by Timothy Chalamet, of course. Oh. Timothy. Timothy. That's so much better than it's like the Stranger sexual. Things kid. They will get to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh. The one from uh, the Wolfhard, Weezer? Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. I like him. Wolfhard is his last name? Yeah. yeah. God bless him. I'm glad he wasn't in public school. Um, <laughs> Do you know that? Mm. What? Because hmm? he was on a. Because she was likes a to thing. look up school kids stuff <laughs> on the reg. Yeah, I hang out with 14 year olds all the time in the woods. Mm-hmm. Totally normal. <clears throat> Bear hunting? Yeah. Hunting for bears in Austin, Texas. Hunting for bears in all the wrong places. <laughs> hunting for bears. Okay. Um,. Okay. <laughs> I'm scared for this next story. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's yeah, see it the is, headline. You know, I know. The headline is so scary. Yeah. It's uh, it's not that bad. It's just bizarre. Okay. Um, let's do it. Yeah. Let's talk about practice babies. <laughs> I just, just the name practice baby. Mm-hmm. That's truly what they were called. Um. So from 1919 to 1969, the colleges that did allow women uh, (laughs) were, uh, they had a lot of uh, home ec situations, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's like, you're going to college, but like, you're all getting your MRS degree. So let's figure out what you're doing with this husband later. You're getting your associates in in domestic science. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Domestic arts. It wasn't even, they couldn't even get a DS. It was a DA. Yeah. And it was, you know, cooking, cleaning, running a household. So Mm -hmm. mothering skills uh, was part of that. And they would uh, care for practice babies that were on loan from an orphanage. Wait, actual human beings? (gasps) See. 
So um, these babies lived at the school or practice apartments, uh, and the infants were released from child welfare organizations around the state, different states. Multiple places had this. I think it was like 40 to 60, 40 to 50 colleges in the nation had Jeez. this program by the 1950s. Um, so they, the contract said that either side could terminate if the arrangement proved unsatisfactory. So if the college was like, this one's fucked up, they could just send it back. This baby has one too many cigarette burns on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were also a few instances where uh, young children were willingly given over to a university by like an unwed mother. <laughs> Okay. Like, so it's I like, need a babysitter for two weeks. Yeah. I got a donor baby. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. this place was just closer than the fire station. Jeez. Um, oh, and then, but they, the idea was more of what you said, Whitney, where it's like, hey, can y'all take care of this? Uh, but I don't want to give it up completely. <laughs> just, just a little. I just, just need a minute. <laughs> those first two I years are really hard. Need a goddamn yeah. minute. Light abandonment for um, me. One child at the University of Nebraska was handed over for 30 weeks. Mm. How old was it? Does it say? I mean, the math on that. That's I mean, a long time. Like, yeah. Was it like a little, little baby? Or like, could you bring your five-year-old? So, Well, no. Um, typically, they were like three months to two or three years old. Okay. okay. So the bonding times. Yeah. The yeah important, hence the important problematic. Bonding. Yeah. The important moments. Um, the class that took care of the child at Nebraska that was there for 30 weeks, um, they knew quote that her people are very poor practically destitute the care of baby Catherine marie will receive in the training school will probably be far better than uh that which she could have been given at home during the same period sure maybe cut to Catherine marie yeah right and her mugshot and so yeah yeah again all of these women are in college meaning they are 18 to 22 oh yeah the ideal just fucking Extreme yeah that's babysitting can you goddamn am- i just can't well yeah because um, i there's things called drop-in daycares now that are run almost exclusively by 18 to 22 year olds mm. making close to minimum wage and i did it yeah but the <laughs> same yeah well um but not for 30 weeks for right. like two hours. Well, yeah, and that's where, yeah, and it's more than two hours. So yeah, exactly. That's the problem. Um, this program came to light. I mean, people knew about it, but nobody was really talking about it until 2010. Um, this woman named Lisa Grunwald, uh, she has a novel that's called The Irresistible Henry House, which, goddamn, if I'm not gonna listen to, because I don't like to read. Um, <laughs> Audible's the best. But yeah. uh, Lisa's got two pairs of headphones on right now. She's just relaying a podcast that she's listening to. Right. I am. Yeah. Also, side note, there's a app called Autumn, A-U-D-M. That's like all New York or Texas Monthly, like all the articles. Oh, and they read them to you. Oh. And it's fucking awesome. I love that. Yeah, Thanks. it's great. Um, so this, the book chronicles the life of uh, charming but philandering protagonist who was raised by seven mothers as a practice baby in this fictional college. Holy shit. So, so it's fake. Yeah. It's okay. a novel. Yeah. So um, the main one that is like highlighted is Cornell University. I think maybe they were the first ones. Um, 
but they uh they all <laughs> this is also so fucked up um all of the babies in these different programs uh had the la- the same last name so depending on where uh-huh. yeah so if you were at the cornell program your last name was domicon mm. for domestic economics oh this oh. is some fucked up they game of thrones even, bastard yeah, shit right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and they launched the practice baby program in 1919 and child development theories were very rigid and they advised <laughs> shaking the child's hand before bedtime <laughs> Oh, that's some Montessori shit. They still do that at Montessori training. Really? You're supposed to shake hands with the kids when they come to the school. Yeah. Ugh, weird. And Ma- Maria Montessori is from that time. Well, well, before that time, but like the 1900s. Yeah. yeah. But like shaking a baby's yeah. hand. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're supposed to train them in like self-respect or something. I don't remember what they're supposed to do. For yeah. Them. I don't, I don't know. It. <sighs> Most kids prefer hugs just yeah. in my experience, but. A handshake will do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want them to get too close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially not the boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like they, uh, this was also a big time for like the science of child rearing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this went on for like 50 years. So you're going through a lot of different um, ideas. Uh, also, if you were in Eastern Illinois State University, your last name was North or South, depending on the building. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, that's um, one way to make sure you know where they're supposed to sleep. Also, those last names are pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. It would sound cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lisa Domicon. South. I wonder if there was ever a West North. Mm. Whoa. Watch out. Yeah. Hey. Um, Kim. <laughs> so babies would come from the orphanage as young as possible. Um, and then they the practice mothers would take rotations caring for them. Well, yeah, you got to share. There's not enough kids to go, you know, one per... That's just real momming. Mm. This yeah. is practice. Well, sure. Uh, <laughs> it takes a village, Lisa. The rotations depended on the college. Some uh, Sometimes one mother would have the baby a week at a time or 10 days at a time. And others, a mother would put the baby down for a nap and another student would be there when it woke up. Ugh, babies love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was always on a very careful schedule. Um, so at Cornell, there was a baby, uh, named Denny Domicon and he had eight mothers for six weeks. And then at the end of six weeks, he had an all new eight mothers. Oh yeah. Cause the semester ended, right? Mm, Makes me sound like, uh, okay. Um, there was a lot of emphasis on development testing and playing with the child, not just babysitting. The jobs were divvied up to learn practical skills. And Eileen Keaton, she's an uh, archivist uh, of the Cornell exhibit. Or Cornell has like an exhibit about their home ec situation, sure. which I'm like, why? Just take it down. Something to be proud of. Yeah. Um, but she said the whole program never used real names because they were orphans. They didn't want us to ever find out. They were adopted and there are no records. Mm-hmm. We have baby books that the students did. But other than that, we have nothing. So they... The universities don't know shit. They don't know where these kids are. Nope. Nope. And the kids don't know because they're too young to remember. Yep. Um, (gasps) And the parents probably don't know because the orphanages were like, yeah, here's a fresh baby. Fresh baby. (laughs) Um, Who wants it? it? (laughs) Piping hot. 
So because, right out of the university, <laughs> right out of I thought you were saying right out of the uterus. Uh, <laughs> university, university. Um, the university, university. So since everything was considered a possible opportunity for a scientific approach, uh, the practice houses really embraced the idea that you could learn mothering the same way you learned cooking or chemistry. Mm-hmm. Everything was learnable, and systems were really important. Many of the babies arrived at the university suffering from malnutrition, uh, and they were quickly pumped with good health after their after they were in these programs. Which, like that, that's I mean, cool. sure. Mm-hmm. There's I mean, a benefit. It's it's kind of like it's like a teaching hospital. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's aspects of this that actually seem really nice. Like at a teaching hospital, you know that the people working on you are learning, but you're still getting hospital care. This is kind of like an orphanage with trainees. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But like they weren't training the women to go into the beauty school to get your hair. Be cut. social workers. They were training them to be moms. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what makes it coupe. Coupe. <laughs> so, uh, in 1954, Time Magazine did an article where uh, the Illinois State Child Welfare Division kind of spoke up. Mm-hmm. And Miss um, Babette Penner, sounds like a bitch. Oh, oh I like the name Babette. I like Bring it, it back. Let's have tea. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, she's just going to talk shit about you she as soon would. as you leave. Oh, and I'd be oh, happy about it. it. Yes, talk shit about my baby. She'd walk into my house and judge me this immediately. Is, mm-hmm. Turn oh, me into I a like different it. podcast. <laughs> Um, I'm really turned on now. I know you both are. It's kind of crazy. Fucking Babette. Uh, I think it's because we were talking about kitten heels with pom poms on them earlier. Mm -hmm. Back to the children. Oh, sure. Uh, Yeah, we we care about that. Sorry. But so Babette, um, our Lord and Savior Babette, (laughs) she uh, cautioned about the, quote, anxieties there are in a child who has given a bottle in 12 or more pairs of arms. Uh, (laughs) Former practices, practice babies like Shirley Kirkman echoed this, claiming that she has spent her life unable to love and, quote, dead inside from the lack of forming strong relationships in the first years of her life. Huh. Hmm. Hmm. This is like that triplet <laughs> documentary. It is. I actually, like, I thought it would be related to that, but no, just a totally different fucked up thing we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so clearly attachment disorder, huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the babies were returned to the orphanages after a year or two and they were adopted uh, the way most children were adopted, uh, very anonymously. There, uh, there are evidence babies who received special attention in a home ec program where in demand uh, when it came to adoption. So like if they were in these home ec programs, a lot of times people would be like, hey, can you give me one of those good ones? Oh my God. We want one of the good ones. I want to trade you babies real quick. Yeah. Holy shit. Imagine getting a D in that class. Right. Right. Like not only did you get a bad grade, but you literally were fucking up a kid. Um, So legit, if the kid got sick, Mm-hmm. And you were, it was your six weeks on, yeah. you got demerits. So like if the kid had been starting to get sick and it's like, oops, here's the end of my six weeks. What? And then fucking Shelly picks it up. Hot potato. Yeah. Now Shelly's fucked. Yeah. So, well, which I mean. That's how a two parent household works. I got to go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go. Also, uh, yeah. she, she got sick under your care. Yeah. So now you're fucking grounded. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Look what diarrhea. you did. Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy changing that diaper every 10 minutes. Um, so in 1929, Rebecca Murphy, a practice baby, 
at the University of Maine, like I said, there's fucking like 50 places, um, was sought by 35 applicants. So some of the parents did know that they were, uh, some of the orphanages were like, hey, yo, this is uh, a you thing. You want to practice, baby? But it was also more talked about then because it was happening in 50 different universities. So like it's more widespread and like people are talking about it. People right. just fucking stop talking about it altogether. Yeah. Because you should. Um, well, you hide know that. the lists for adopting a kid were long back then because there was no IVF or anything. Like, oh, so yeah. this is probably seen as a shortcut. Like, oh, yeah, give me one of those gently used university mm-hmm. babies. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it's like, potty trained tight. Sweet. Yeah. Thanks for, yeah. Got they all also, its shots. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably just the, the polio shot. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're also like, they did a lot of uh, scientific tests with like okay if the sometimes like let's see what happens if we just let it cry mm. um yeah. so some like dr spock type shit yeah um, Ferber method yeah and then some of it would be like like the moms would fight where they were like don't talk to her like that and the mm-hmm. other one would be like i'm gonna hold her and then the other would be like don't fucking hold her it was so well because we've got a group of college-aged women yeah. doing anything right yeah. is going to devolve into a vh1 reality show right yeah. i mean it's like a sorority planning a party exactly and the party is your life and you're a baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> welcome to life yeah. baby welcome to hell this um, is real world yeah you think you know it's, yeah it's if you're lucky you get anna ferris if not you get the rest of the cast <laughs> god damn it um so, yeah, Cornell's practice apartments later became a daycare center for faculty, uh, and the program was dropped from the curriculum in 1969. Nice. Which nice. is, we had information. Like, the Kinsey right. shit was in the 50s. I like, lock it up. Still weren't paying female soccer players. <laughs> <laughs> and it all Fair. comes back around. Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, so now there's a whole thing where like the practice mothers are like, where, you know, what have they become? Because there's no, I don't uh, like, what I've if you taken actually care, bonded? Yeah, yeah, I've taken care of a baby for like fucking four hours and been like, oh no, <laughs> what hath it become? Oh no, what hath it become? <laughs> and then like, you've got these kids that mm. are like two thirds of this fucking podcast that are like, mm-hmm. nope. what? What was that? Yeah. I'd like to find those people. I mean, the only, I, I, I know I was only a few days old, so I guess they would have not had much practice on me if that happened. Yeah. I was three weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it would suck so bad to have to find, I don't know, 24 moms instead of right. just the one that I found. <laughs> oh, Although on the other hand, it's like, it's like, a, it's like Kino. You know, like you're going to get at least one good one. Right? Yeah. Right. But also like, do these kids do the Domicon last name generation? Do they get to go? Yeah, I went to Cornell. <laughs> ah! Zing. Kaboom. They're all Cornell graduates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to Eastern Illinois State. <laughs> I was only in there for two years. Yeah. Graduated in two years. <laughs> graduated with. Uh, no big deal. With honors and a new mom. <laughs> <laughs> When in real sick came out healthy as fuck. Yeah. I mean, probably. Then went right back to being sick because my parents were still poor. Yep, still mm-hmm. poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. 
Practice babies. Practice babies. Get you one. (laughs) Get you one. Um, Mine has nothing to do with practice babies. But uh, Muppet babies then? Yes. It's all about Muppet babies. (laughs) That'd be so fucking dope. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I know y'all made fun of me for doing this last time. But someone messaged us on Instagram and was like, I listen and I think y'all are great. And I listen from Spokane, Washington. And I was like, oh. well, oh, as long as it's not M- from Missouri. Yeah. True. Yeah. Well, true. and, you know, the Pacific Northwest is a wealth of murders. Yeah. Because of all the fucking crack. Yeah. And Spokane. The, wake up. And the Isn't it feet? Spokane? Isn't it the feet know. that wash up there? That's yeah, Spokane, yeah. and then part of uh, oh, Spok- Canada. No, Spokane's in the middle, right? Spokane's in the drive spot. I have, I believe, no idea. Yeah, that's Crack Central. So I was yeah. trying to find Spokane specific stories, and there's one notorious murderer from Spokane who, oh like, God, Spokane's almost in Idaho. You guys, so it's way far in, not it's in close the, to the coast at all. Love you, listener, but it's in the oof of. Well, I don't know. It's near Kirtaline. It's probably well, pretty there. And also, you know, who's from Idaho? Slipknot. <laughs> Slater Kenny always plays their first show of their tour up in Spokane, as far as I know. Yeah. That's because Spokane full of practice babies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. Spokane. <laughs> Spokane is, uh, I guess, their most famous serial killer is Robert Lee Yates. Mm. Um, who killed at least 13 <laughs> women and they were all sex workers. Andrea Yates' brother? Uh, um, anyways. But I'm not going to do him because I think he's probably been done a lot and that's a lot of information that we don't have time for. Mm. Hey, the also other weird thing, whatever I looked up, was like, they have a trash-eating goat. And it, there were so many articles about this trash-eating goat. Anybody, and I was like, all goats eat trash. I know. Anybody who has a goat but has a trash-eating like, goat. But it's an art thing. It's like this, I think it's made of metal, this like metal goat sculpture. Uh, and oh, you can like feed it trash. That's bullshit. Something like that. That no, sounds it's, fun. It's fun. Yeah, yeah but, a, but like it's a like one of their weird things. You they can eat see a real anyway. goat well, no, the, trash anywhere. The sculpture's full of goats. So you're just yeah. putting trash in there it's and then a actual goat goats. with an army of goats It's like a Trojan it. goat. Trojan does it goat. recycle? One of the goats no. does. Well, it just composts one. it if it's eating it. Mm-hmm. Turns into dookie and the the, <laughs> the metal goat? The antelope eat the grass. Wait, okay. You know, everything the light touches. Yes. Or so, everything the light bulb touches what because I'm that's what you're smoking out of in Spoken. S- spoken. She's never going to pronounce it right. She's never going to write us back on Instagram. <laughs> we just finally lost our last listener. No! That's my job, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Where well, are you from? Fuck you. <laughs> I hope I'm just kidding. Please still listen. Because I'm doing a story from Spoken. I'm actually a, a very nice person. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. We all think you're real nice. So, yep. 
We're hopping back in time to 1916. And there's this woman. Her name is Sarah. And she just got married to a guy named Wilbur. And her first husband died. This is the most 1916 fucking story. Well, his last name is Wilbur. But her first husband died. She's got all this money. And she's like, guess what? We're going to spend... $75,000 and make this awesome mansion. That's like $6 million now. $1.7 million. $6 million. (gasps) That's like $100 million right now. It's $6 million in Spokane money, yeah. Uh, They, I mean, as far as we know. Um, The exchange rate is... (laughs) So... They built this mansion on the sprawling hills of Spokane's South Hill. Okay. Um, the one hill? that They've got this one. They have two. There's South and there's a North. Let's oh. say that. Last name. I have no idea. I just Yeah. If you live on the South one. Yeah. You're yeah. on the South one. Mm-hmm. Um, if you live downtown, your last name is DeKalba uh-oh. or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stabby. 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 <laughs> um... Uh, the newspaper accounts of the building of this mansion said that it was designed by special architects, G.A. Pearson and uh, Kirtland K. Cutter. And the palatial oh. home featured gold leaf carvings, mother of pearl inlays, and beam ceilings. So this shit is fancy. That sounds A- nice. F. Mm-hmm. Um, after the house gets completed, Sarah's like, fuck you, Wilbur, I'm done. And they got divorced and she hold this she she hold the home and by Wait, that how I mean long after they got married? Sold the home. Um 1916 is when she and her husband built the house, and 1918 was when it was completed and when they got divorced. Fuck yeah, bitch. Mm. Nope. She doesn't like him. Mm. Um this home gets sold once and then in 1918 and then in 1924 it's sold to a guy named Randolph Hahn H A H N okay and Randolph Hahn is who the house is known for today and this guy is a fucking weirdo so he started his life as a painter and a barber and he Ugh. came from kind of just, you know, middle class ish family. Um I just wanna dance. Yeah. In eighteen eighty five he gets married to a girl named Anne and it's funny because, like, back in, you know, the only real evidence you have is from like census shit. So in nineteen ten right. he's still married and Anne is listed as his wife. They have five children and they're living Fuck. in a rented home on Washington Street in Spokane. Yeah, the exchange. Fuck. like, But five children in 1910 is like two yeah, children You're going to lose a few. Yeah. Two of them are practice. Yeah. <laughs> um, at the time in the census, he listed his occupation as x-ray specialist. So he's getting creative. Um, oh. By the 1920 consensus, so 10 years later, He's 53, and he's shown to be married to a 21-year-old woman named Sylvia Fly, and there's no mention of Anne, Annie, or their children. Sylvia Fly. something happened in between there. Oh, that's beautiful. And he also decided that he's just going to be a physician, and he has his own private practice. So the special thing about him is that he never went to medical school Mm. at all. Mm. But I mean, who really knows that? 
He calls himself Dr. Han, and his specialty is electrotherapy as a cure for a variety of ailments. Um, he also has a side business performing everybody's favorite illegal abortions. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> he, when he bought this house, he's with Sylvia. They put $50,000 worth of improvements into the house. And supposedly part of those improvements were making secret passages underneath the house so that wealthy women who are coming to get abortions could get in and out without being seen. H. H. Holes. Uh, eh, not He wasn't an intentional murderer. I'll say that. That's why you build on Or at least for this case. Um, <laughs> he, there were also gutters carved into the floors of the basement where he did the operations so that they could drain blood from the operating room after the procedures. Okay. Moses. Um, Put that thing in a basket. Uh, So Han was uh, an eccentric guy and a big partier. Uh, People said that he would often go out in like a really nice suit. And then you'd be like, hey, I'm checking you out, bitch. What are you wearing like slippers right now? And he'd be like, yeah, I'm crazy like that. That's who I want to, yeah. ab- to give me give an, abortion. You an abortion. To huh? abort you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Could have been. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just crazy like that. Uh, during Prohibition, the Han residence was known for all their wild and alcohol-fueled parties. What the fuck? Because they got a party. I know, you know? but I can't get over that he's also doing abortion. Yeah, he's at like, this party come palace. over to my party. Stab, stab. Mm. Um, <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, bitch. Anyways, uh... One, during one of the parties, Han drove his car into his swimming pool and um, <laughs> instead of being like, man, I probably drink too much and maybe shouldn't be driving that much. He was like, fuck it, pave over the swimming pool. And so <laughs> that's what they did oh instead God. of him stopping driving and all that. He was like, we don't need this pool. Um, he also had a big interest in radio and he hung giant speakers around his house and played super loud music all the time and all of his neighbors hated him (laughs) and they got a court order against him to make him stop at least three of the things you have said are cj yeah (laughs) i'm wearing slippers i'm so eccentric without a shirt on yeah um most of the time the police didn't really give a shit because he's a rich guy so whatever he's a rich man gone too far and it doesn't matter anyway uh so sylvia and him obviously have like a very volatile relationship with all the drinking and the money and the abortions and and like all the fucking slippers and suits cars and pools um they had a bunch of arguments uh that would frequently get physical and the most documented one is when he ended up with a bunch of broken ribs because she beat the shit out of them. Um, they divorced for a little bit and then got remarried in 1933. Oh, my God. And then shit, you know, got stirred up again and they uh, were fighting a lot. And this is in May of 1940 uh, after a very 
rough fight, Sylvia was discovered dead in her bedroom. Oh, okay. With that a escalated. bullet wound in her head. Oh. Uh, it was originally ruled as suicide, even though other bullet holes were discovered in the bedroom walls. <laughs> uh, she probably missed a couple Han of times. Was like, Just practice shots. Yeah, yeah. Han was like, uh, yeah, I mean, no, those are from indoor target practice. Okay. We do that. We're rich and kooky. Oh. And the police were like, yeah, it makes sense. Cool. We're into it. So uh, he may have gotten away with murder of Sylvia. Uh, he partied for a while after Sylvia died. And depression. Um, you know? And kept nope. on making all that money with his illegal abortion clinic. Um. But one day, one of his patients from Mullen, Idaho, died on the operating table while undergoing an illegal abortion. Um, he escaped charges like that in the past. Um, but I guess this time they were like, look, bro, I guess you keep on killing broads while they're trying to get abortions. That should be legal, but fucking whatever. It's 1945. When he was getting away with it, was his defense just like, well, I mean, it was her fault. Yeah. She's the one who got pregnant. She came to me. Exactly. I was just doing what she wanted me to. What do you want me to do? So in 1945, he's convicted of manslaughter and gets a thousand dollar fine for killing a woman and probation uh despite that being a super super light sentence uh it destroyed his reputation and fully ended his medical career and it forced him to sell the mansion and move into basically an apartment in downtown spokane and, you know, he's bombed because he can't party wild like he always used to. Uh, and in 1946, an attacker broke into Han's apartment and plunged a bayonet through his heart. What, what the fuck? Yep. Is this the Civil War now? It is. Now we're back. <laughs> um, a traveling hearing aid salesman confessed to the murder he said that <laughs> it, sorry what yeah he was like i'm gonna stab you with this bayonet i bet you can't hear it what did he just like knock on doors and if people were home and they didn't answer yeah. he's like i'm gonna make a sale yep. today they need a hearing aid um they he claimed that his motive was uh robbery but it went south um sure rumors persisted that it was actually revenge for a a botched procedure that han had performed on the man's wife years prior oh so we didn't want that kid you piece of shit i can only imagine one job yeah (laughs) it didn't take uh so the house itself now Han Mansion. What? It's still there. What? So I'm I'm following along on newspapers.com because okay. the names in this story and it's just fun because this is all archival and yeah. I'm having fun reading spoke. So the the hearing aid guy, mm-hmm. Delbert yes. F. Frenchy Visger. <laughs> 
Yep. Yeah. And the judge for the case was Judge Carl Quackenbush. Quackenbush. <laughs> yes. We're having a good time oh, over here. Oh, man. I love it. Oh, man. There's so many. Also, Sylvia Fly was a hottie. Sylvia Fly. Was she? I didn't even Super, look up pictures yes. of her. I believe it. If she was like a 21-year-old who married a 53-year-old yep. in like the fucking 30s, I get it. She was a hottie and she was one of triplets. What? Yeah. Um. While we look up those pictures, though, the house. Oh yeah, beautiful. Yeah, right. Yes. She's got that. Uh, you should marry me three times. Look. Damn. Look yeah. at me. Let's get married and do it again. Mm-hmm. We don't have to renew our vows if we break them and then do it again. Um, <laughs> over the years. People have claimed to hear sounds of crowds partying, loud arguments, and shrieks from former patients in the house. They've also heard gunshots, and they see figures of women who appear on the staircases of the mansion. Um, now, a days, I think it's a private residence. Yes. Probably this was it's written not in an Airbnb. I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> um, but current owners haven't said anything about you know ghosts or apparitions or anything. So, oh, that's the story of Han Mansion. I wonder if it is Airbnb. So it's been looked up before. Oh man, it's the whole there's a manhunt for Frenchie Visger. And uh, he fled the the the, the bayoneting hearing aid oh. sales guy was Bayonet also hearing aid was also a merchant marine, and he fled to San Francisco, oh, and he God. bumped into a cop Fuck. from Spokane because he was working what? at a restaurant, and that's how they found him and dragged him back wow. for trial. This is fun. I like this. Wow, I didn't know that much shit. Like I was like, eh, I won't look up that guy because I don't want this to be too long. But apparently, man, there's so many newspaper articles about this. Shit is going on. Good for Frenchie trying to take off <laughs> with your bayonet. With your bayonet, running away real fast. Merchant Marines are those like uh, like mercenary type? Like you, I thought that was kind of like Coast Guard. Yeah, no, but you like get no, paid by a private investor. No, it means like it's shipping. It's like truck driver, but on the ocean. But uh-huh. you're in the Marines. You ship.com. I mean, uh, it's called a Marine, but like a merchant part is what matters. So a merchant Marine just means like you work on a ship that transport stuff okay but oh, what is okay. the what is yeah. the thing where so it has nothing to do with the marines in the army Mm-mm. got it Mm-mm. what is the thing where you were a marine in the army well a marine in the marines and uh if you're if you're I in the army and you're on the ocean you're a marine that's how that works Mm-mm. what about the navy Mm-mm. the navy is the navy but that's you if you're sail in the, the seven army seas. and you're in the ocean. Too, no, right? no, that's no. that the Navy's it's, its own thing. The Marines, I think, right. were I a branch of the army and yeah, they broke off. Yeah, but you do off. not fucking say. No, that I know anymore. you don't say um, that, but that's where they came from. Yeah, but so the army is the army, right? The Navy is the Navy. Yes. The Air Force is the Air Force, yes. which I think came from the Navy, but is now the. But Air now Force. it's its own thing. Yeah. And then Marines are Marines, right? Um, and Space Force is is fake. There's uniforms. <laughs> yeah, there's also uniforms for the XFL. I don't give a shit. <sighs> Bring back the XFL. They um, did. It's I know. coming. What's <laughs> happening? Isn't Vince McMahon okay? Mm-hmm. Um, it he, is. It is. Fuck yeah. yeah. Um, but like, what is it when you're ex-military and some dude's like, "Hey, come on my boat and fight pirates if we need to." There's a word for that. 
My uh, friend's brother did it. Anti-pirate fighter? No, it's not Coast Guard. That mercenary? Sailor? Maybe. I mean... Maybe. It's a... You sound like ex-marine job description. I mean, I'll text my friend Amy, but... Looking for work? You can always fight pirates. Okay. Huh. Okay. Uh, From recruitingblogs.com. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, I'll figure it out later in life. It. I don't know, but it's a. Uh, it's a thing. Hey Google. You could try to ask Alexa. Did she hear us? Anyways, mm. well. Did, did you all it? learn anything? I what can't... did I know? What? Oh, tell me. So stupid. I want to know. It's so stupid. Please tell me. Alexa uses Bing for their search engine. Of course they do. Oh well, yeah. Which is why there's been an uptick in in, in Bing usage <laughs> and all that binging on. God, I love I hate all the. <laughs> if you ever watched any of the like fucking CW like trash tv they always like are like why don't you bing it like, oh because they have like some microsoft style. yeah, yeah. They did do they do that on, on Riverdale Diaries? Oh. Is what I remember it from. Yeah, I do remember it from Vampire Diaries. I think Riverdale, Riverdale would never not on CW. Is it? It's, mm-hmm. I thought it was just a Netflix thing. Mm-mm. Oh, it might be now, but it started on the CW. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. God, I love Riverdale. Mm. It's you bitchy. Sure it's bitchy. It's bitchy. It is. It is bitchy. Mm-hmm. And it's so like the jingle jangle. Like it's clearly cocaine. And they're oh. like, it's jingle jangle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're still in comic book. Weird. I couldn't get into it. But <sighs> I support you. Yeah. Hey, that's the theme. Mm-hmm. We all support each other. Yeah. That's no what we No matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Also, someone reach out to that other Sprouse twin because I just feel so bad for him. What? Yeah. Jughead is one of the Sprouse twins that were in Big Daddy. And then the other one is... Oh! Probably having a nice life. I mean... In real estate or something. (laughs) You know he's a drug addict. He owns a dealership. (laughs) He owns a dealership, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening. This has been Sprouse Rumors. Mm-hmm. Sprouse Rumors and Crotch Talk. Mm-hmm. Rock us on. on at Weird Brunch and visit our brand new website, weirdbrunch.com. It's not ready, but you can see it. You can, you can look, look at, at it. it. <laughs>